Show Me the Science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here, and welcome to my Show Me the Science podcast. Now, this one is one of my favourite things. I often talk about my favourite things, don't I? That's why I pick these topics, because I know a bit about them, and I like them. The science of chocolate. I don't think we've done the science of chocolate. We've done so many now, but uh, I think we've missed on chocolate, and we have to do the science of chocolate, because we all love it, don't we? And we're getting close to Valentine's Day, and often chocolate is given as a gift on Valentine's Day. So if you're listening and, and you have someone who you want to give a gift to on Valentine's Day, listen to me, and you can bore them on your date on Valentine's night all about the science of chocolate and I certainly do now the science of chocolate um, is interesting chemically massive market I mean everybody loves chocolate I don't know anybody you know I did a bit of a straw poll scientifically I asked a few people maybe the numbers weren't great you know I'm big on numbers in these types of things but I asked about 10 people every one of them loved milk chocolate so not, I haven't had a single person out there who doesn't like milk chocolate anyway. It seems to be a universal thing. Uh, we often have preferences, like lots of people hate certain foodstuffs, but chocolate seems to be something that we all love. And, and the scientific basis for that, I don't know what it is. It could be links back to our childhood, maybe. There's a bit of nostalgia, you never know, that feeds that uh, sort of desire for chocolate, but then kids like it too. So, so it's a funny one. But anyway, it's very popular. And, of course, what is in it that makes it popular? I'm going to be mainly talking about some of the ingredients and the chemicals in chocolate. And then the main thing I'm going to talk about is the breakthrough, because I always talk about the latest stuff. Uh, Scientists in the University of Sheffield have discovered why it tastes so great. And it's all about the fat. Yeah, inevitably, things taste great because of fat. That's part of things. So, so that's why it tastes so good. Now, first of all, what is it? Well, uh, scientists, we begin with a definition of things. So, uh, chocolate is roasted and ground cacao seeds. There's a plant called the cacao, C-A-C-A-O. And if you grind up the seeds and you roast them and heat them up, you can make chocolate from that. And it was first discovered, of course, the cacao in Mesoamerica, sort of Mexico and around there. Uh, the Mayans and the Aztecs. Uh, get the credit for it and of course they've been using chocolate since 2000 BCE so a very long time they've been using chocolate they found evidence for this in some of their vessels uh, we are, now they don't they weren't adding sugar and milk like we were it looks like but when Columbus sailed across the Atlantic uh, he saw it for the first time on his fourth mission in 1502 that seems to be the first recorded case of it and he writes about it. he brings some back actually to Spain to show people and they began tasting it and then Hernan Cortez that famous explorer saw it being drunk by Montezuma himself the great chief you see and, and Cortez writes about this as well and it was a drink that the um, the, uh, the Mesoamericans as it were the Mayans and the Aztecs were inclined to make it into a drink and then they would drink it and it was very important for them um, in some of their religious ceremonies they saw it as a kind of a sacred thing uh, one rather weird thing I saw uh, reading about the history of this was they would often add pigments into it to make it look like blood and they would be drinking human blood as part of their ceremonies kind of thing so it got a bit weird at times but still it was used a lot in, in uh, by the Aztecs and by the Mayans in their cooking and, and making these drinks it's brought back to Europe uh, we add, the Europeans add sugar because it's a bit bitter um, and in 1662 here's a good fact for you uh, Pope Alexander VII the Pope said that chocolate doesn't break a religious fast. Now, isn't that strange? In other words, if you were fasting, you could have a bit of chocolate to keep you going. And what strikes me there is a bit weird is, what about during Lent? We all give up sweets, don't we? Many of us in our childhood, I did during Lent. Uh, and yet I, wouldn't, I wasn't told I couldn't eat chocolate. And there was the Pope uh, in 1662 saying it was okay to eat chocolate during, during Lent. So that's a strange dropped off but still uh, chocolate takes off then in Europe huge you know, and it becomes a huge product as we know 
Uh, now, nowadays, two-thirds of our chocolate comes from West Africa. It's where it's harvested. One more serious aspect is child labour has been used for decades to harvest it, and it's still being used. It's an issue, almost like slave labour. So that's a bit of a concern, because we, we all eat chocolate, don't we? So so that, that's a human rights issue, I guess, and they're trying to prevent that. And, and there has been uh, progress there, but still, child labour is still used. Uh, but so many people depend on the chocolate industry. They reckon 50 million people in the world make a living from chocolate and that wouldn't just be the producers it would also be you know the chocolatiers all the chocolate companies Cadbury's and so on you know so a lot of people depend on the chocolate industry uh, because it's so popular as a product I guess and then in 2010 they sequenced the genome of the chocolate meaning they read all the DNA and they now know exactly what's in the DNA to make chocolate, as it were, as a, as a cacao plant. Uh, and Mars, that company, uh, they sponsored some of this because they're in the chocolate business, obviously. And they've been trying to modify the genome of the plant uh, to, to improve it in various ways. One thing they're trying to do is improve its growth characteristics so that it can grow at lower temperatures. Because guess what? Global warming, they reckon, is affecting the cacao industry because it doesn't grow so well at very hot temperatures and of course the, the world's temperature is going up so there's, there's a threat now isn't that amazing it's not a bad example of climate change affecting an industry so they're trying to make cacao that will grow at slightly lower temperatures and other modifications as well of course whether we'll ever accept genetically modified chocolate a gm chocolate bar might be a you never know a stretch too far but still a lot of science is happening into the cacao genome trying to understand chocolate more and more now milk chocolate the one we all love 59 percent carbohydrate which means a sugary bit, uh, 30% fat, 8% protein, right? And of the fat, 65% is saturated fat. Now, the, these numbers are in most chocolate products, and that's what makes chocolate tragically unhealthy because it's high in saturated fats. And as you would all know well by now, fat in your diet can be a bad thing because it can run obesity and all kinds of consequences. So the level of saturated fat is one concern, I guess. The question is, could you lower that fat? and want to replace it, although the fat will become important about taste in a minute. Now, it's also got various other plant products, because it is coming from a plant, remember. Epicatechin is prominent in chocolate, and also caffeine and theobromine can occur, and there's a bit of a caffeine kick off chocolate sometimes, which can be useful to us. The epicatechin, that has anti-tumour properties, and this is one reason why chocolate can be good for you. They reckon chocolate can have effects there. Now, now again, there aren't too many robust studies on this, but certainly there are some beneficial effects to eating chocolate, which could include an anti-cancer effect, especially dark chocolate, without the downside of lots of lots of uh, other ingredients. You know, so, so so there's benefits to eating chocolate as well potentially. But what I want to talk about is the flavour. And again, we all love the taste of chocolate, especially milk chocolate, don't we? And that's why it's so popular, I guess, because we love and we love the feel of it in our mouths. And it melts. And scientists, now who would have thought if they would actually have addressed this? Siavash Sultana Hamadi is the scientist, a very eminent flavour chemist, I think, looking at his, his website. He's in the University of Leeds, actually. He looked at what was in it, what was in the chocolate that improved the flavour. And it's a fatty film. And there's a phrase for you. So the fat in the chocolate coats your tongue in a fatty film. And that layer, right, of fat over your tongue gives it that great silky flavour. And that must enhance some of the other flavour sensations that we have when we're eating chocolate. So you need this fatty layer to get the flavour from chocolate. He was also able to show that this fat is coming from the outside of the chocolate. There's a gradient of fat in the chocolate bar. The fat seems more prominent around the outside. Uh, and that type of fat then around the outside is the thing that's enhancing the flavour. Uh, so what they're now think, thinking is, right, the high fat is on the outside, 
low fat is on the inside, could you modify that in some way? And again, that would involve chemical modification, I guess. But if you could change the fat around the outside to enhance, the, to keep the flavour there, you could have a very low fat chocolate bar, if you know what I mean. So you decrease the level of saturated fat, uh, but you manage to keep the flavour there by making sure that the, the fat around the outside is of a sufficient type of fat to form this thin layer over your tongue. So, th- so the useful thing from this is you may be able to make a healthier chocolate bar whereby it's, there's lower fat in most of the bar, but around the outside you've got the saturated fat or whatever the fat-enhancing flavour chemical is, and that then is retained. And overall, then the flavour is an impacted. Now, the thing about flavour is fat is a real thing for flavour in most things. When we eat meat, for instance, it's very often the fat in the meat that gives the meat its flavour. Same with poultry, you know. Um, so we need fat to enhance flavour and that's been known for a long time and that's the same in a chocolate bar it's the fat in the chocolate bar that gives it flavour but what this scientist has discovered is the fat round the outside that really covers it's not the fat in the middle and it's obvious in a way because you're obviously the, fat, the, the chocolate lump is dissolving in your mouth and it's the fat around the outside that coats your tongue first so if you can manage to get that fat retain that fat if you like and don't worry about the fat on the inside you'll retain the flavour so it's a bit of com- complexity there in, in the technology of chocolate bars it must be said so very importantly then you know this may have an impact on making a healthier chocolate bar but even if it doesn't enjoy chocolate while you can a little bit of what you like is fine and what's what's great as well when I was reading about this in 1868 Cadbury's the famous company were the first to make a chocolate box for Valentine's Day isn't that nice and that became a massive industry you know before that what did you give your your partner on Valentine's Day there was no the box of chocolates option wasn't there and obviously Cadbury said oh we'll make a nice box of chocolates with heart shaped chocolate in them you know and that took off like a rocket and it's a huge sale for companies like uh, Cadbury's of course we also began to the companies began to sell chocolate eggs at Easter and that became a huge boom as well and they're the two main peaks of chocolate sales at Christmas but certainly the origin for Valentine's Day was in 1868 when Cadbury's made that, uh, that first box of chocolates and the craze then began so overall, my advice is this. Don't worry about the science too much at the moment. Just enjoy it. Nothing wrong with enjoying a bit of chocolate, is there, let's face it, especially on Valentine's Day. So if you are going to give someone a box of chocolates, you're doing the right thing, and they will have a nice, warm feeling when they eat the chocolate. And, of course, the flavour will really be wonderful for them, and they really enjoy the whole experience. And you never know, some of the health-benefiting chemicals might, might give them benefits as well. So there you have it, the science of chocolate and why it tastes so good. And thanks very much for listening as ever. And my podcast is available every Thursday for download. And it's a News Talk production.